Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Games We Never Play, the gaming exploratory podcast. My name is Stephen Pope, and for the month of June, to celebrate Pride, we have been playing Glitter Hearts with an all-queer identifying table because I wanted it and I get my way because I'm what? Worth it. That, that was a joke. I apologize, everyone. <laughs> well, uh, I do apologize for being worth it. Mm-mm. All right, so... Uh, we were joined by Blythe Kala for this wonderful time. Oh my god, it was so much fun. Uh, yes, I'm Blythe Kayla, and I played uh, the... It's also Kala, both are right. <laughs> um, oh, I'm sorry. No, both are right. That's the funny thing. Um, but yeah, Blythe Kayla, Blythe Kala, both are right. Um, and I played Selena or sunbeam the goth who's secretly a happy beacon optimistic of hope uh who got a girlfriend and it was super cute and uh, or at least a date but still it's super cute yeah we were also joined by joey nestra hey guys i'm joey i was playing ben nye uh the intellectual aka also um glamazon the drag queen witch of love who also got a boyfriend yes they absolutely got a boy got a boyfriend um well there might have been a bit of passing out but i like to believe uh in the next episode you saw that uh tanner caught him before he hit the ground and they fell in love instantly and they married and they have 14 cats uh i'm gonna stop talking now um because i need to stop talking someone else go yes uh adam west thank you for joining us for June. Yes, thank you. Hi, uh, this is Adam, uh, and I uh, I was playing uh, Tony Minko, uh, also, uh, who transformed into Bye Bye, uh, the two spirit bird persons. Um, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, and I uh, we defeated the cheerleader and some Mundooms and some corporations and uh and i punched a lot of stuff with my hammers and uh and i did not get a boyfriend but got somebody i like to sit close to and smile at and not have conversations yes and last but certainly not least aki one of my favorite people alive oh that's very kind of you to say uh hi everyone i'm aki and i played peyton morris the um counselor who is also a defender and the and the uh somebody who is constantly trying to gain and keep and and uh and do good on people's trust uh there was no romance for 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 my character uh i know that some of you who know me will find that shocking um uh but instead i got to be supportive of my friends as they landed uh dates with people they cared about and that they liked and spent time with people they they're fond of and that was also very very cool uh and also i'm a rock monster yes so um for those of you who are joining us for games to never play in june what we do is character creation two hours of playing and then we talk about the game and this is the final part of Glitter Hearts where we are going to kind of review the game and give our thoughts on it. So um, this is my second time running it, first time running it for an audience. Uh, I do have to say, out of a lot of Powered by the Apocalypse games, because, you know, they're my juice and jam, I love them. Big fan of Monster of the Week, big fan of Demigods. Um, 
this is one of the more complete packages on the market, and I have to applaud it for that right off the bat. Um, I think I think that's fair assessment. Um, you definitely don't get playbooks and details quite as extensive. Like, uh, I think this is the first Powered by the Apocalypse game that I've actually played that has a manual, like a manual attached and not just like four pages that they sort of just throw at you and that's the... And, and that's, that's both the upside and the downside to Powered by the Apocalypse. It's that um, it is super easy to pick up. You can immediately kind of go into it knowing what's going on without doing a whole heck of a lot of like crunch or stuff like that, which makes, makes onboarding it and even producing uh, Powered by the Apocalypse games of your own super, super easy. Like it doesn't require a lot of paper. It doesn't require a lot of like, you know, yeah you're not looking at more than like 10 pages, but this one gets like super in depth and like really sort of breaks things down. Uh, they, they take it the extra step further, I would say. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. Think a I lot agree. Of... Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, I, th I think um, what I really liked about it is you really got to kind of like make your own playbook you really got to like pick things off the menu and take what you wanted and really craft your character in a way that sometimes you don't get to do in PBTA games, which again, is a, is a good thing and a bad thing. This playbooks are designed to fit under a certain theme or a certain archetype for that uh, game, which is great. But I li like the idea of having more customization options. It reminded me a little bit of the character creation that you do in like Spirit of 77 by David Fizet. Uh, very similar where you have, you pick categories and you're like, oh, these are the abilities that are here. I'll take that and I'll take that. And this is a character. And I could pick those same things on a different character later on and have a completely different character. I've never played Spirit of 77, but I that that's a I like that. <laughs> that sounds yeah, it's, very it's, fun. Yeah, it's it's very, very cool. And uh it just reminded me of that. It's it's a good thing. It's a it's a way to really get into the customization and pick how you want to play your character. Yeah, I really liked that it didn't feel, like, normally in a game, in, after playing games for super long, for a super long time, I realized that min-maxing has a lot of value in it, uh, if you want to be able to do things, so it was kind of nice to not have to, like, obviously there are certain uh, mundane and everyday archetypes that will definitely help better for other, like, if you want to play that way, but it was kind of nice that I could just be like, yeah, I'm going to be the goth, and then I'm going to play, like, I think if I did this again, I would change from the tactician to something else. But I like overall was just like, yeah, it's kind of cool that I could play like such a kind of out there character that isn't the typical norm or like how they want you to build it. And it didn't hinder me. Like I still got to try things and do things and didn't always succeed because the dice hated us. The dice oh, were yeah. on our you guys, guys had, had some that. terrible rolls. Some of the worst oh rolls. Yeah. I can see. I got three I XP. Yeah. I could see. I could see Selena also playing really well into the idol. Like, I, yeah. I, I think that she had that sort of like very like this goth like super into like darkness kind of thing is also super into healing and taking care of people. And I think that the idol would have played into that really well for her too. Yeah, I think I think if I were to play her again, I would make her the idol instead of the tactician because I think it fit. I I kind of leaned into her being a little bit of a Sailor Moon e type 
and I was enjoying playing that of like, no, have heart, be hopeful, everything's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I never once felt like I couldn't do something or try something even without that. So it was kind of, it was cool and it was fun. I just wish the dice had been our, on our side. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think that the one upside to, to the dice being not being on your side during a, essentially a game testing is that you kind of want things to go wrong to see how how you work your way around that. So yeah, well, and I thought there was a lot of fun dynamic in the like um, it, you know as you fail you sort of you know you start giving more power pool and and you get that that uh, that chance to. Uh, you know, that chance to do that team move, uh, and it, which can really bring it into the, the situation in a way that the players get to get to really take charge of. And um, so it's, it was kind of a lot of fun to, to have things going poorly and the fight was not going our way. And then we still managed to pull it together, which I think is a very, uh, a, a very accurate way to uh, portray how these kinds of tropes usually play out in anime stories. So, um, mm-hmm. I did want to go back a little bit to the idea of the the completionism and all that. I think there's a lot of people that you know, a lot of people call all PBTA games hacks, um, and I really resist that. Um, you know, a hack is when you take an existing game and you modify it a little bit and you change it uh, to uh, you know to make something that's very similar but just like a different skin in a way and uh but this is a this is a different game just like dungeon world is a different game and monster hearts is a different game and demigods is a different game uh masked so these are these are pbta games not pbta hacks Um, and there are lots of great hacks out there uh, for for various things, um, you know, I there's a Star Wars hack of P, of uh, the original Apocalypse World that I love. It's super fun, uh, but it's an incomplete thing. It's just if you, if you don't know how to play Apocalypse World, uh, then you know it doesn't tell you. It doesn't teach you. Uh, right. It just has a good bone structure to it. Yeah, Glitter Hearts is a it's a complete game. This game stands on its own, and I really appreciate that about it. And I really like that about it as well. Um, I will say, because this is, um, I believe, Greg Leatherman's first game. This is uh, the first thing Leatherman Games has published as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there are some editing issues I noticed. Um, originally, I believe Glitter Hearts was just supposed to be the Magical Girl game. And he changed, obviously they changed the name and elements accordingly, but there's still a lot of text within the book that is explicitly about magical girls, which is fine. It just, you know, if you're sending the product to a publication, you want to catch that sort of stuff. Yeah, I noticed in the character sheet, there's a typo. uh, Oh, really? Yeah, uh, heroic... Uh, if you go down to the bottom of the of the character sheet, uh, heroic is misspelled, and there is no. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, heroic achievements. Oh, yeah. uh, oh. Down on yeah. the bottom of the first page. I apologize, not the second. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, and it's. It a is a few thing, minor typos. But it's it's too. like, but that's the one thing I do want to say is I feel the one thing that is really nice about the layout of the book 
is that it's colorful, it's engaging, uh, the print is super easy to read. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd actually really love to um, to know what somebody who lives on the spectrum thinks of the layout of this book, because I feel like that kind of stuff is really relevant to like their experience with these kinds of games um, and the accessibility that they have to them. Um, so yeah, that's that's something I'm curious about because, uh, and it's also a game that I think uh, because of the way that it's set up, uh, big print, very colorful, super engaging, is perfect game for families to play together. Absolutely. Um, my my biggest issue with the look of the book because it is it's super easy to read. Um, as someone who does exist on the spectrum, I find it very easy to get through. It's not too in my face. The only thing I don't like is when there's these giant blocks of pink text. I find those a bit overwhelming because uh, they do happen. And as much as I like the color pink, it's like, it's, it's a lot against white because it's just a lot of bright all at one time. Um, actually, that was something I, the, o the only complaint I had really, because overall I think the game was super fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I have a little bit of an issue with the savant being an everyday thing, the way really? they use that as a personality. Um, um, your mind is capable of amazing things, but your intelligence has made you feel like an outsider and oddity, especially when you make a leap of logic that others can't seem to grasp. And while that is that savant it's a mental, are, technically a savant syndrome is a mental disability that people have. Oh, it's not a personality type. And I have hmm. a little bit of an issue with that idea because it is something that like people, people who are savants, that's something that is actually like a condition they deal with it's not just like a it's not a personality it's not like i don't i didn't choose to be a savant yeah they yeah. could have just they should have they could have just called it genius and like yeah been done with yeah. it uh i i, I yeah, kind of there is that savant is uh, veers into slightly ableist territory uh in the way that yeah. it's treated like a personality instead of an actual like disorder and also treating well, it as, like, you are automatically an outsider because of it, mm, yeah. um, which is not necessarily the case. Um, yeah. So I would just kind of, it could I just, yeah, like, the eccentric yeah. genius or something could work. Yeah. There's, there's a sort of alternate usage of it that's not intended to be that, but, in, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't change the fact that the intention is not necessarily what matters. It's the result right. that matters, you know? So, and because, uh, because of what you guys are saying, that's, uh, you know, uh, that does make it kind of a, a difficult term to use, even though like I understand the whole, uh, you know, the alternative definition of it, but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, if you, if you put in a weirdo and say, you're the queer, well, that, that means something different, uh, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's just, it's, they're, they're, it's literally just, they're going for someone who's like that eccentric. Yeah. I've invested a lot of time into learning things. Like they're going for kind of a walking encyclopedia type. The person yeah. who is very likely to say, well, actually, like they're, if that's what I think they want to go for, but that doesn't inherently mm -hmm. mean you are a savant. So right, like yeah. just thinking about that language and I know like the English language in general is very ableist. Uh, mm -hmm. It's littered with lots of terms that come from all sorts of things. <laughs> um, hysterical yeah. being one of them. So mm -hmm. it's not like yeah. it's getting, 
it's one of those things where it's like this is a, that's getting really nitpicky because the overall book right. i think is really great mm-hmm. i am getting down to like a pretty nitpicky note here mm-hmm. like this isn't me being like oh my god it's so horrible it's just like this is something they should probably think about and probably change the terminology they're using yeah um yeah. we one, actually have a oh sorry i was gonna say oh, sorry, that uh, one cool thing that they did is is all of the artwork is pretty spectacular oh the artwork's oh amazing. my god yeah amazing I wanted to touch on a, a very similar issue with the physical archetypes, the physical identities, um, because all of the uh, all of the other identities in the various situation, uh, the various types are, they're um, they're sort of like uh, personality types or you know descriptors, and the physical ones are very much like um, uh, it's a, the athlete, the bodybuilder, and the boxer, um, you know, and it it kind of, it, I don't know, it's, it's a very, it's a very weirdly specific, here is, here is the type of physical thing you do, as opposed to here is the nature of your physical role, um, you know, as opposed to like, you know, so like the protector or the, uh, the confident or the, um, you know, the, uh, I'm just trying to like think of things off the top of my head, but, but, you know, like it, it feels like there are very specific things uh, yeah, I, you know, I feel like, like have, they could have changed it from something like uh the athlete to like the demolisher somebody who's right yeah 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 the, it's, yeah it's more the, about the it, type of of fighting they do and less about yeah they do all kind of feel like very exactly the same thing yeah, yeah. bodybuilder boxer yeah. i'm like okay well you could be both right. of those things so yeah i totally see what you're saying it, exactly yeah and like it, like i was like i i like the boxer because i wanted the the lower emotional uh stat you know and uh, i wanted i wanted a less emotional centered character and so so i went with the boxer but steven had to ask me like do you actually box like no <laughs> I, I don't yeah and um but like i i see what they're going for but you know just because you do close quarters fighting doesn't mean that you're less emotional and just you know just because you do like just because you're a bodybuilder doesn't mean you're dumber you know and uh so i just felt like it was is a little it was a little oddly yeah a little underdeveloped or a little more simplistic than than the others which i think have much more nuance to them which saying about physical that it's underdeveloped is hilarious <laughs> yeah that, that is <laughs> right? very yeah. charming to me um i so i completely agree that the uh it feels like one of the problems is some of the identities are really well developed like the clown is a real identity and some of them feel a little yeah. underbaked which uh, i think it's pretty valid considering you know there's like four for each one so you have 16 like a handful of those are going to be sort of like oh we got to get to the printers a boxer gosh they could have they could have put oh, a dancer 20. in the physical like the dancer would have been right, great. Yeah. physical yeah. one would have been awesome it could have been an athlete it could have been dancer it could have been like I mean, geez, mm-hmm. talk about a lovely Dex-based physical, like, yeah. kind of thing. That could have been real awesome. Mm-hmm. A dancer would have been baller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it feels like it's going for those, like, high school archetypes. So if you're going, like, you you can have, like, the person who is the athlete, and they're, like, they're the athletic, you know? Right. They're the... Yeah. Emilio Estevez of the Breakfast Club situation, and then you have <laughs> Dude, the dancer. They should have gone wrestler. 
Yeah, wrestler. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, if um, you think about it, like, you know, the quarterback on a football team has a very different role than like, the defensive end or the, yeah. the uh, you know, the kicker. Or, um, yeah, I kind they, of think they know, should be more broad in a way, in a way with yeah. the terminology. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, what are the roles within physical activity you know they're they're the people who focus on form there are the people who focus on dexterity there are the people who focus on uh you know uh simple strength that kind of, you know it could have gone in that direction and made and made them more personality types you want to know you want to know what i think would have been really fun to see in the physical uh just by the very nature of it not being the obvious one but obviously mm-hmm. requiring a lot of strength to do a stagehand mm-hmm uh-huh yeah getting right. a little personal there aren't you Aki? well i mean <laughs> like you have to be you have to be in fairly decent shape to haul oh, yeah. around yeah. set pieces all day so i think i mean in my high school i think you could use stagehand as a way to get out of taking pe if you had enough hours of mm-hmm. doing it because it is so much work it's, you yeah. also went really to school in Florida, yeah. so yeah i took gym yeah. online how well and also <laughs> Like, I thought I got a gym basically recreational sports, but that online is insane. Amazing. <laughs> Took so many classes. Ugh. So my biggest issue with the game, because I, I really do like this game a lot. I really love it. I think it's a beautiful book. I love the artwork. As we said, the artwork in this book is so great. Um, I, yes, it is. Um, are any of you familiar with the game Worldwide Wrestling? No. I've heard, I've heard of it, it, but I've never seen it. it. Yeah. Uh, Worldwide Wrestling is a role-playing game with kind of a similar problem to this in that there are points you can spend to do other things. And the economy of those points feels very nebulous at times. Like, personally, I feel like you should get a PowerPoint just for transforming. Hmm. I was actually that's the one thing is you talked about the team move and I had no idea where that was in the book um it wasn't easy to find no it's kind of buried yeah it's like such an important part of like what it seems this game is about and yet you can't find it very easily it it seems like it should be part of the character creation process you decide like what your transformations look like as a team you should also decide at that point what your team move is that way everybody knows what the team move is and knows how to thematically use it when they want to and when they have the PowerPoints. It seems yeah. like, yeah, I agree. For something that's so iconic to be buried on the bottom of the second page of the move sheet is weird. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even find it. I was like, I, we were trying to look where, for where it was at one point. I was just like, I'm just going to let y'all figure it out. Yeah, yeah I never actually found it either. I didn't realize it was on yeah. the, 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 yeah, the it's, move sheet. Yeah. It's under the power pool section, and I really think it needs its own section. There should be the thing for power pool, but then there should be a team attack as a move listed uh, on the basic move and make it its own very specific thing so that it's very simple to see. Yeah, really, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, so kind of getting on something Joey touched on, um, uh, is I, again, I, I really liked the game. Um, but I felt, uh, I, I felt a little weird coming up with our characters before we came up with our theme and, um, you know, and, and I, I, I don't think it really matters either way. I think it's probably a, a 
personal taste thing, but I would have felt much more comfortable going into character creation of my individual character if we had sort of like decided on a theme or a, you know, a, um, a, a, with that, like the mystical connections and the, the, arch, the archetypes, if we'd sort of gone in reverse on the, on the creation and created our, our idea before we created our different characters that go into it. Um, mm. So that, that's something I personally think I would have liked better um, because like, you know, cause we tossed around a couple of ideas like, oh, do we become pride floats or what do we, you know, like I didn't have a hero name until the end of the first play session, uh, you know, right. the first story session. And I, I had no idea what my transformation was going to be until the end, the very end of character creation when I finally figured something out. Um, you know, I had a vague idea, but I didn't really know how to fit in with, um, you know, with the others very much. So I'm going to slightly disagree. Okay. Uh, and here's why. I think, at least for me, the way my brain works, um, I like that they give you things you can choose from at the beginning to build the character because you, when you get to the point where you're designing your, your whole concept for what your team looks like, starting there, we have so many choices and so many um, options and um, examples in you know anime and you know power rangers and things like that it's kind of hard to choose but if i know who my character is and we kind of look at all the characters we have on the table we might be able to find that connection based on what we built and it might come to us or it might you know reveal itself to us at that point because it's really more about who i'm playing and less what the whole the rest of it's just kind of uh, set dressing you know what i mean yeah i would agree and I actually kind of enjoyed that moment where you were like, I actually really don't know what I want my, my uh, hero name to be and I need your help because that gave us a moment to sort of collaborate, uh, stop, collaborate, listen. Um, uh, but I, And I'm the type of person, especially in like beginning sessions, who enjoys that type of thing where it's just like, yeah. I don't have my character nailed down quite yet. Uh, but the people around you are sometimes going to be able to see things that you may be missed or like don't notice about your character and like sprinkle in that little bit of a fleur de sal and like uh you know it's i i like stuff like that i i'm yeah. the type of person who often goes into games already knowing exactly what's what i'm doing i already have my name picked out i already have all of my stuff figured out but i also mm -hmm. love it when there are players who don't who aren't like that like that's awesome that's yeah. a beautiful gift to the table uh, for yeah. us to get the opportunity to sort of work together and figure that out. So I kind of like that the, the, the many disparate elements of this game means that there's going to be at least one thing that you haven't quite figured out yet. Yeah. Um, I, I did say like, so the, the thing that really fixed a lot of things for me and, and, and gelled a lot of things in the character creation was when, uh, and it, it really did happen organically, but we all decided to choose the emotional mystical connections. Um, and, uh, um, and that wasn't, that didn't start out intentional, but, uh, but we've pretty quickly gelled into all wanting to go with that route um, and all having really clear ideas on that. And that really helped me feel like, oh, okay, this is how we all connect together. This is, this is the root of the team is that we all have these, uh, these connections to specific emotions. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, the character creation overall, I think, worked for me, and I did like that we kind of figured it out one at a time as we went along. Um, 
it kind of reminded me of watching like Madoka Magica or which is the dark side of magical girl animes. Yes. But there is a moment in it where, you know, like the main girl can't quite figure out what she's doing and it kind of made it feel it almost made it feel a little bit more like an anime where it was like one of us is a little bit struggling but we come together as a team to help them figure it out and then we all I don't know, I liked I thought it worked. I'm agreeing with a lot of people right now, but I thought it worked really well in this moment. I thought, I don't know, that's something I always like about Powered by the Apocalypse games. A lot of them are so team-driven mm-hmm. and all about character relationships and connections. And I feel like we, I would love to bring these characters back and try something new with them <laughs> because I thought it was super fun and I thought the character concepts were super cute. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. My, go ahead. Go ahead, Joey. I was say, my only uh, kind of pivoting, I guess, my only criticism of the game is really the way the character sheet is set up a little bit. And this is just a criticism I have of most character sheets where you have modular things where it has put the name and the page number. And maybe it'd be different if I had the physical book in front of me, but having to constantly flip and find what does that move do again? What does that move do again? That might be something that after your third or fourth session, you know all your moves, you know how they work. But not being able to kind of look at it and see, okay, these are all the things I can do. Um, yeah, there's no place really to list, like, to describe what your move does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even in shorthand, even like, you know, you know, in, in a D20 system, you're, you can have like fire 2D8 plus 3 damage. Like, there was no real place to even do a, a quick uh, Cliff Notes version of what it does. I had to kind of keep going back and forth to the book and then the move sheet. So it was my only real, that's the only real thing I have to say about it negative. It's, and that's just a personal preference, I think. I think that's sort of a systemic problem to Powered by the Apocalypse in general. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I would agree that uh, with that about that. I would agree with that about the character sheets. I even, I mean, even D&D character sheets, I never feel like I have enough space and they give you like three pages of note sections. I usually go to uh, Google. I literally, for every game I'm ever in, I create a Google Doc of every skill I have. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, either hyperlink the skill in there or copy-paste it. And I just... So I don't have to flip around as much as possible. And sometimes I even put my stats in there. Yeah. So I think I think that's just a systemic problem in general with RPGs. Yeah. yeah. D&D is so much easier to play now with D&D Beyond. I don't do paper character sheets in it anymore. I just use the D&D Beyond. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So... We don't really have like a formal ranking system. We kind of go with uh, run it, buy it, uh, pass it, play it. I don't really. So, two words, final thoughts. Aki? Um, I would definitely uh, uh, opt for play it at the very least. I think that for as, as long as they, the, the um, actual book and stuff like that continue to be like, sort of it's not it's not a very polished final product in some ways uh but i definitely would recommend people at least play it um so if you if you know somebody who owns it or if you're willing as a group to go in on the cost of it together like i think that's worth your time um that's what that's what i would say all right adam uh play it for sure anytime um and uh, I uh, like I can see myself running it uh, for specific uh, 
you know, a specific thing if I really wanted to play this genre. Um, this isn't really my genre that I usually uh, run. Uh, so, um, so I'm not sure that I would run it just because it's not in my wheelhouse um, as something that I, I, I don't normally tell these kinds of stories, but I am cool with consuming them and playing in a part of them. Uh, but, but I just don't grok the genre uh, <laughs> in a way that I would probably run it. Um, but that, that would be the reason why, not because of the, you know, not because of any inherent thing in it. Mm, that's fair. Uh, Joey? Definitely play it. Uh, I think it. if you want to scratch that itch, you want to scratch that magical transformation hero itch, it does that really well. Um, formatting could be a bit of an issue, but that can easily be done by, you know, like Blythe said, making your own spreadsheets and, and Google Docs and getting everything organized for yourself. I don't run a lot of games, but I think like, this is a genre that I could probably run. Uh, and maybe after playing a campaign of it and getting really comfortable with the system, I would consider running it. It's, a, it's not a genre that I feel gets played enough. And I feel it's a genre that really needs to be played more because there's so many fun stories you can do with it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it, again, it can be all about light and hope. And who doesn't want more of that? So Especially I... nowadays. Mm, <laughs> preach. Blythe? I... You know, it's not a super polished final product and it does have some issues in terms of like, you know, character sheets and organization, but I think overall it's a, a very good product and I think it's worth supporting. Um, definitely playing it. I would say if you have the money to buy it, I would buy it. Or if you have a group who can go in on it, go in on it. I think it's worth supporting and checking out. Um, I haven't run across a lot of TTRPGs can be played easily to be queer friendly. It is nice having one that feels very much catering towards queerness. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's worth supporting uh, so that we can hopefully see more games like it in the future and more people trying this kind of magical hero persona. Like, I would like to see more of these because I really like that genre. I really like the anime. I really like animes and like to see more of it so like maybe we should support it so we get more of those things right or yeah. gayness mm -hmm. um yeah. i will probably and, be buying it just to support the queer content uh, honestly like oh. just to have it like because it it needs to be supported so also the diversity yes yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, seriously yeah we, i think we didn't I talk think about that, that enough i think yeah. that we could definitely uh flog this book to be bought uh based on the art alone which Absolutely. is some of the some like some pretty like we didn't i don't think we actually spent enough time raving no. about the art in this book yeah. it's good no. it's really really good it's uh, really nice to scroll through and see various peoples of color uh, be, be, i mean their goth representative is black and i am mm -hmm. so about that more <laughs> black goths in <laughs> media that i consume please and thank you right? yeah like yeah. There's so yeah. many, like so many people of uh, of various coloring in here and uh, styles, body types, levels of ability. I, I mean, you know, like I, I love the intellectual is a Muslim girl in a hijab and a wheelchair. It's like yeah. fuck yeah. Um, it, or like you know, the, the intersectionality of it. It's like, do you, are you mad that I checked this one box? Here, let me check about five more. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. She's probably a lesbian, so she's playing on God mode. So don't there fuck with go. her. 
Yeah, or the uh, the witch made me really happy, which is like the uh, witch is presented as like a non-binary human who's chubby and hairy, and uh-huh. complete, like wearing like a very cute mermaidy gear. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I love this. Yeah, like, yeah. You never see this level of body type representation in anything. A mermix, really by the way, not a mermaid or a merman, but a mermix. There you go. Mermix. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. Um, yes, I genuinely love this game. I do feel like it's a bit of a rough product as is. However, it's still wonderful that it exists. The art is stunning. And even if there are a few accidental issues here and there, ultimately it tries so hard and it accomplishes so much that I can't not recommend that you buy this product. Even if this genre is something you're not sure about, it's still worth having just for that alone. So that's my final thoughts on and it. And 100% recommend this to families. Play oh, this absolutely. with your kids. Yeah. The game encourages you to not solve it with violence. Like violence is an option, mm-hmm. sure, because anime, but yeah. you are encouraged to try to reach out and find a common ground. And that's also a yeah. wonderful thing to have. Like, like I believe that touch their heart is the second move on the, on the moves yeah. page. It is mm-hmm. like basically like the, the first two moves on the move page are helping each other and touching yeah. other people's hearts. That's a big deal. The fact that the physical stuff is like down at the bottom of that first page is not at all like something that should be under understated mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Yeah. The fastest ways to defeat a bad guy in this is to help each other or help them. Like, be nice to them and and teach them how to be nice. Uh, Just hope that your dice roll. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right? That is completely fair. (laughs) Right. We tried. We We tried tried so hard. We tried so hard. And got so far. (laughs) In the end, you still won. Yes. That. Also, I would like to point out, because I didn't realize this at the first, but I think Stephen alluded to it uh, at one point when we were in character creation, but there are rules for, uh, for vehicle uh, archetypes. And, yes. And we, yeah. You there each are, have your vehicle. Yes, yeah. there are rules for uh, what I call Zord play, where you have, you know, <laughs> a large weapon or vehicle you summon that transforms into another large vehicle weapon thing. Uh, They also have Captain Planet mode where your character is uh, able to come together and summon a new person. Uh, I feel like we sort of played this on Captain Planet mode with our theme, with our, with our team. A little Mm -hmm. bit. It's called by our powers combined. It's beautiful. Yes. And recently they released a magical rock person mode. Oh, Yes, uh, they did release a Steven Universe, and it actually is a hack of the game, uh, uh, where you play a crystal gem. Oh I love my. it. I love it I, so I much. Was a, I was ahead of my time, and we didn't even have that hack. <laughs> there you right? go. Yes. You just went awesome. Yes, this okay. game I is... so in a vehicle game now. Yeah, this game is malleable, it's beautiful, it's a wonderful book, and even with all its rough edges, it represents something I really encourage, yeah. so... Absolutely. Same. Like I'm going to change my answer to officially buy it. Yeah. 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 I love this cover. Yeah. With that, Mm -hmm. uh, my name is Stephen Pope. You can find me online at Stephen J Pope 22. And you can also find games you never play at GWNP underscore pod. That's GWNP underscore POD on Twitter and Instagram and maybe Friendster. I don't know. I just run the social media accounts. I don't make them. Um, (laughs) 
You can also find us at gameswenevplayed.com where we have news and reviews and also a wonderful news segment with Life and Michael Robert Holmes. So check that out. We release that every Friday, I believe. And yes. also we work with, well, we don't work with, but our friends at Dice Envy are working with us right now and you can get 10% off your off your purchase, go to DiceNV.com slash GWNP and use the promo code GWNP at checkout for 10% off your order. Uh, my name is Stephen Pope, and this has been Aki. Hi, everybody. I'm Aki. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MixGenieInABottle. That's M-X-G-I-N-I-I-N-A-B-O-T-T-L-E. And though you couldn't see what I just did, I fingerspelled it because that's what I do. Um, uh, you can find me on Mondays from 1 to 3 over on D&D Twitch playing uh, a game with Roll20. Uh, the reason I have not said the title of that game is because I don't know it as of the recording of this, of this <laughs> podcast. So there you go. Uh, and then later at 6.30 uh, Pacific Time on Q Times, you can find me um, playing uh, Clear Skies, which is the actual play Star Trek uh, Adventures game. So that's two games on Mondays. And then on Thursdays, you can find me playing A Darkened Wish uh, with uh, The Uncommon Trust. Uh, A Darkened Wish is the IDW tie-in to the comic A Darkened Wish by B. Dave Walters and Tess Fowler. Uh, and that's the three places you can find me during the week. Very cool. Uh, Adam West. Hi, everybody. Uh, I am Adam West, uh, and I am a Choctaw Two-Spirit uh, who plays games and does nerdy stuff. Um, uh, you can find me on social media on Instagram or Twitter at Hubuck, H-O-O-B-U-K. And uh, you can normally catch me on the Happy Jacks RPG channel. I do a lot of games with them. Uh, right now, you'll have to find me in the backlog because I'm not currently in any games. Uh, but I run and play games over there quite a bit. And on Saturday mornings currently uh, on It's Probably OK's Twitch channel, um, that's It's Probably OK, that's the letters OK, not OKAY, uh, every Saturday morning at 10 a.m., uh, Joey and I and other wonderful people play uh, a game we're calling Return to the Spider-Verse. Uh, so we're using masks. It's an actual play uh, where we... Uh, are playing out a sequel to the Into the Spider-Verse uh, movie uh, with uh, original characters as well as Miles and some other characters officially from official canon. Um, so yeah, you can check that out on Twitch and that's Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. It's like cartoons. Very good. Uh, Joey Nestra. Hey guys, you can catch me on Twitter and Facebook uh, at the name Joey Nestra, at Joey Nestra. Uh, you can catch me on Happy Jack's RPG Podcast every other Sunday, playing Glittering Night, our vampire 5e game, where I get to be a Toreador uh, Hollywood playboy and enjoy everything that entails. I have so many folders dedicated to clothes and cars. It's wonderful. Um, I'm also, like Adam said, on the uh, Return of the Spider-Verse role-playing uh, actual play. And uh, hopefully more stuff coming soon. Keep an eye on my socials. Very nice. And Blythe, Kala, Kayla? There's a funny story behind my middle name that I will have to tell one day. Um, so, yes. Hi, uh, I'm Blythe Kayla. You can find me at BlytheKayla93 on Twitters and the Instas. That is B-L-Y-T-H-E-K-A-L-A-9-3. Uh, you can find me on Mondays playing a Star Trek 
Adventures actual play game at 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Pacific time. So it's a nice, you can have Star Trek, you can have extra gay Star Trek all day long on Mondays if you want to. Uh, you can follow that on Twitter at FCRD12 for more information. Um, and on Fridays, I have Games We Never Play doing tabletop news with Michael R. Holmes. That releases on Fridays on the Games We Never Play YouTube. Uh, I'm quite proud of it. We're doing we're doing some cool stuff with it. And yeah, keep an eye out on my socials. And honestly, during this quarantine, I'm just doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> you love to hear it. All right. Uh, this has been Games We Never Play. Wishing you a happy Pride. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>